With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 284, pound for pound, number one and number two. And don't listen to Ariel Hawani. It is the first time it's ever been pound for pound, one versus two. Our main event is for the UFC lightweight title, Islam Makashev, taking on the current UFC featherweight champion, Alexander Volkanovsky. And in the meantime, our co-main event, which I think somehow is still not getting the attention it should be, it's a banger. It's for the interim featherweight championship. While Volkanovsky is busy, have no problem with it. It is Yair Rodriguez taking on Josh Emmett. I'm your host. I go by Sniper MMA. With me, as always, the analyst, the important guys. I'm just going to guide him through, throw some jabs, try and be a little funny. With me, as always, is Chris Olson, who you can find on Twitter at some name I can't even pronounce anymore. But if you go to Rotowire MMA, you can find Chris in there. It's the Homer Simpson picture. Just do that. And and Joe, better known in the MMA DFS world as Sun Tzu. Guys, are you ready for 284? I got to say, Chris is rocking some wild hair, man. You got that Grizzly Adams Mountain Man look going, like, but it's not to the point where it's so messy that it's distracting and it looks like you're homeless. This is the appropriate. Well, I mean, that's that's the goal every time. The thing is, we're coming out of winter, so it's gotta it's gotta recede with the, with the cold. But um, he, he does hibernate. That's right. Yeah, I am gonna. Well, my hibernation uh, clearly not enough. Uh, I, I I got sick over the week. Get, just getting over it. I would try not to cough. Every other word. Um, if you if you hear me sort of a laughing motion, that's either making fun of one of uh, Sean's picks or holding in a cough, uh, one or the other. But um, this this main event and uh, co-main event, pretty good. Um, I'm relieved that uh, Sean rem- remembered the name of uh, the lightweight champion. I think that means he could technically run the UFC now. Um, wait, wait. But- can, can, can we get to a point? Where everyone's like, what's going to happen when Dana's gone? And somebody, I, I got to tell giving when I see things on Twitter, and someone made a passing comment, but it's going to be probably Nick Maynard. That's probably who it's going to be, right? When, when Dana's gone, it, it'll be Nick Maynard, I, I would yeah. think. I I want to throw out, give me John Anik. Put John Anik up there. Let's elevate him. We got some other good broadcasters. I can deal with Fitzy. So you think it's going to be Maynard over Shelby? Either one. It's going to be some weird combination of both, I think. You're right. It could be Sean Shelby. And one of the two. But give me give me John Anik. That's who I want up there. It's my guy. It's my Boston I, guy. The Anik going mad with power. Oh, that'd be great. I, I'm here for it. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, I will tell these guys that my, my internet, well, as you guys know, my internet connection is we are not full the greatest. Of excuses today. We are all I am full I'm of actually, excuses. I'm sitting in a hotel room in Dallas. I actually came down here for a birthday party. So, um, I'm going to a birthday party tomorrow, and then I am flying out Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I've got, I got to figure out how I'm going to watch some fights uh, tomorrow. Um, this yeah, is really. not a great card, guys. I mean, you know, it's interesting, and I got a couple of lineups I really like from DraftKings, but honestly, it's not a great, like, it's not your prototypical pay-per-view card. You've got a lot of, like, you know, Aussie names that you know. You have a few Aussie names that you don't know. And then you've got people that are that are essentially being flown, you know, nine thousand to ten thousand to however many thousand miles um, to Australia to lose. So it's really a weird card. I mean, I'm still here for it, but that's because I'm a sick, sick, sick person. So there we are, I guess. All right, let's let's just jump right into this card. Actually, before we jump into the card, make sure you go to rotowire.com for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit quire, no credit card required. You got MMA content, daily fantasy, season-long fantasy, all the sports, optimizers, tools, cheat sheets. Check that all out. And make and even more importantly, make sure you go to Rotowire MMA on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the podcast. Give us some love. We do appreciate it. Guys who are live on YouTube with us right now. 
Thank you as always. Drop some comments. Make fun of Joe's hair, Chris's hair, my beard probably. Pretty gray and old. So, you know, pot shot. I like it, guys. Let's go. Let's talk about Zubara Tukagov, 9600, taking on Elvis. Just call him Elvis. Elvis <laughs> Oliveira at 6600. Uh, line on this fight currently. Joe fan club in the house, as it always is, from Alan. Uh, we were talking my about dude. That Alan's my dude. We were talking <laughs> about that before the show. So it's really there's always one. one. Always one. Uh, Tuka got the minus 600 favorite. Favorite Brenner plus 450. I think the more interesting thing from this fight, fight doesn't go to decision, is only minus 135. I'm clearly on the Tukagov side, but I think he's too pricey. Joe, we'll start with you this week. So anybody who bat Tukarov misses weight got cashed that ticket already. Um, this guy goes up. This is his first fight at 155, and he misses weight by two. He, he, go, he comes in at 157 and a half. Um, so that's awesome. I assume the fight is still going on. I haven't heard that it's not, um, but you know they they essentially give this guy a cream puff. You know he's one of uh, Habib's boys. Cream you know, puff he, guys, cream puff. Yeah, they they definitely like are laying it, are giving this guy a layup. Um, anybody else would have gotten let go from the UFC for throwing that punch after that after that fight. Um, you know, but because he's Habib's boy, he didn't get caught. So they're giving him a real layup here, and he's he wasn't a big 145er. So that's the only cause for concern I have. I mean, if it wasn't such a cream puff fight, you know, here's a guy that goes in and just shows so complete disrespect by, like, missing missing weight at a new weight class, at a higher weight class. is just crazy to me. Um, well, what's there to say, really? Is there a lot of analysis we have to do here? He's He's going to win this fight. It's just a matter of does this go – Inside the distance, or does this go to decision? And at his price point, 9.6K, you know, how many shares of him do you want on DK? And I will tell you, I don't want that many. Um, I can do some really nice lineup builds without him. Um, and unless he gets that early finish, he's not going to pay off 9.6K. I think I heard, at least for Optimal, I think I heard you need to come up with what, like 13.2 or 13.3X on average to be Optimal. And you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get there. So I'll, I'll take the obvious pick here. Um, I think there are better plays for DraftKings, but um, I'll take the obvious play. But also, I'm not fading him because it it, it, it would not shock me because he's so disrespectful, like you mentioned. I do think he can be lazy. Brenner's a BJJ guy. Like I, It's not out of the realm of 5% possibility that Tukagov takes him down is dumb enough to get submitted. That's not, not out of the realm. It shouldn't happen. But I'm not going zero percent because I want some live lineups if Tuka Goff goes full stupid. Chris, who you got? Yeah, I mean, I think we basically all. Um, uh, yeah, there I go. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a, an interesting one, folks. But I think uh, we're all pretty much in the same boat. Where like, okay, Brenner is a submission grappler, but even if he is, can he submit Zubair? I think Zubair only got once lost by submission. Um, and if that can't happen, can Zubair knock him out? Um, Within the allotted time, because I mean, Zubair is not a guy who puts anything together. He throws big single shots. He's athletic. He covers a lot of distance. Um, he basically just throws hooks. I think, um, you know, I hate passing the first one because it's just a, you know, because if it if it pops and you don't have it, then you you know you're out very early and you're sitting through the rest of the card. But um, Renner is just. Um, his his stand up is is very amateurish, and um, I think that even if it does go to the ground, Rubara is at least good enough not to be submitted and get back to his feet. So, I I see this fight kind of stalling out and not being much. I'm gonna go with Zubara, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be a, a big fade uh, more often than not. All right, let's move on. Shane Young, 8,300, taking on Blake Builder, 7,900. Line on this fight as of right now. Builder, minus 145 for Shane Young. Builder's at plus 125. Actually, probably a little bit of odds value considering it's 8,300, 7,900. That being said, I find myself inching towards the Builder side all week, not very confidently, but not a lot of dogs I like. I don't love Shane Young. I'm on the builder side, but it's not it's not with confidence. Chris, who you got? 
Yeah, I'm on the builder side too. And it's, uh, you know, I think with a, a little more confidence than you have. I love Shane Young when he came. Any amount the- of confidence is more than I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I actually have a, a decent amount because I, you know, I loved Shane Young when he came in. He was this really aggressive pocket boxer, lots of strikes, overwhelmed opponents, had a little bit of wrestling. So there was a lot to like. And then for some reason, he became like this cautious outfighter and he never had defense. And when the volume stopped, the defense didn't get any better. So he was still getting knocked out and taking big shots, but he wasn't putting himself in position to win anymore. And um, apparently he's working with people to try to get back to his old self. He needs it. Um, I think Builder is good enough here to kind of overwhelm Young if Young does the thing he's been doing in recent fights, which is just sort of sit and wait on his opponents. Um, He's got a little bit of a wrestling game as well, and I just can't trust Shane Young to be his aggressive self. And if he's not, um, I just think he's going to get – I just think he's going to get put in bad spots. So I'm going with Builder. Joe, who you got? I don't know. Flip a coin on this fight. I mean, I think it's a fight that maybe you want some exposure to for GPPs. Sean, do you happen to have the inside the distance numbers on this fight? Uh, I, 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 th- I think it's surprisingly good. Um, Minus 150. Wow. I mean, you know, that kind of makes you want to have now I, I, a lot I, of fights with, with good inside the distance numbers. Though, that's true too. That's true too. But I mean, I think where, the, where these prices are, did we give the salaries? Because three and seventy nine. Yep. Okay. Because where these are actually priced, um, you know, you probably want to have some exposure. It's kind of in that mid range. Um, I don't understand Young. I mean, he's only twenty nine years old. I, I, I don't know why he has these big gaps. Uh, I'm going to take Shane Young. I mean, he's the he's a city kickboxing guy. He's a teammate of uh, Volkanovski. Um, it's not with any great sense of confidence and i honestly would on a gpp perspective i'd probably be pretty equally weighted because i really don't have a lot of confidence but i'll go with young i'll say that he's picked something up um you know training with with all those killers um and you know we'll see what happens but it's not a strong it's not a it's not a strong endorsement all right let's move on we're talking about luma lukbunmi 9000 take on elise reed 7200 a line on this fight uh, best fighter that has split up all kinds of screwed up. Minus 305 for Loma Lubunmi. Plus 255 for Elise Reed. Fight goes to decision minus 280. <coughs> like I said earlier, that makes with a lot of fights that are projected to end inside the distance. This one not. Makes Elise Reed probably the most popular cash game punt on the board outside of probably the Josh Emmett stack or maybe the Volkanovski stack. Probably the stack options in cash and then Elise <coughs> Reed. Um, or where people will be looking. Um, like I, I have to be honest, I, I I came dangerously close to picking Elise Reed early in the week. Wow! Like I came, da- and it's more of a shot at, at Loma. I just, yeah, she can grapple. She's a good striker. She should just, she should win everywhere. But she's never to me dominant running away. Where just I feel like if Elise Reed, like Loma should win. Why I was thinking it is one, we need dogs. Two, this level of women's MMA is just not. That exciting and crazy stuff happens all the time. And three, I really feel like <coughs> if Roma has an off night, anybody in the division can beat her. And Elise Reed, if she has a good night and Loma has a bad like she's live. She's totally live and just I saw enough things from Loma I didn't love. I am still picking Lubunmi. I couldn't pull the trigger, but I thought about it this week more than I think most people did. Uh Joe, you're up. Yeah, so I like I like uh Lubunmi a fair amount. I think she also could be a solid cash play. Um, you're getting her actually 500 cheaper than, than, you know, against Gomes and she put up 95. She's got a pretty solid floor. I mean, her ceiling isn't great, especially in that upper 9k range, um, or in that 9k range, sorry. Um, but you know, she's definitely is not, she's not going to get one punch finished. And I do think she has read beat everywhere. Um, this is a much easier trip for her to make from Thailand, uh, Bang Tao, her training camp in Thailand. Um, I think she could be an interesting cash play. I also see a sneaky finish, perhaps. 
And I may be playing a few Luma Lukbume lineups, just not for my affinity for Thailand, but I may be playing a few Loma lineups and GPPs because I do think that she could potentially um, finish um, Elise Reed here. Chris, you got? Yeah, I, you know, you definitely thought about it more than I did. I, I just don't see what Elise Reed does. I mean, she she's just sort of a, a boxer. That's it. And, and Loma is... Um, you know, a, a really good striker, and I don't know why she wants to grab so much now, but she does. Uh, nine takedowns in her last three fights. That's good for us. Um, one, because Elise Reed gets taken down a lot, and, uh, of course, because, you know, DraftKings rewards that uh, very heavily now. So um, that's where I, I think, Joe, that she is in, in, the, in the firmly in the cash territory. I wouldn't – I don't love it. I don't see a finish as, as much as you do. Wouldn't really love it in GPPs because um, I don't think she has a finish uh, in the. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. Okay. And again, it, it's 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 a punt. I, yeah. I, I don't. I'm not strongly endorsing Luma by finish, right. but I think I certainly think if she could finish anyone, she could finish uh, Elise Reed. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I, I agree with you that I think she's better everywhere. I, I don't yeah. see where Elise Reed wins this fight. I think she's probably one of your like mainstays in cash. You get your like eighty three to eighty five. And, and and that that's fine. Um, but yeah, Elise Reed uh, has to be a very specific matchup, and, and this one's not it. So uh, my pick is uh, Look Boomy. All right, let's move on. We got uh, Jack Jenkins at ninety three hundred taking on Don Shaney's, who at sixty nine hundred. And remember, Don Don Shaney's uh, was just in a war with uh, Sadiq Yusuf that Sadiq is still shaking off. You should check yeah. out Sadiq's YouTube channel if you were not familiar with his comments there and just go check out Sadiq. I, I I put out a tweet like it's I'm a little annoyed that Sadiq has swooped in to do his breakdowns and putting out better content than all of us who have been doing this for years. It's a little it's a little irritating. Um but good on him. Uh line on this fight Jenkins is minus three fifty Shane says plus two ninety Jenkins the newcomer to the UFC and I think he you know they're setting up the Aussie here for a reason. I think he gets it done. I think something exciting happens. Fight doesn't go to decision minus two twenty five. Chris, who you got? <laughs> Shanus is is so funny because you look at that for that um, that Yusuf fight where he marches across the cage. He immediately gets caught in the tie clinch. Then he goes for that sloppy takedown against Guillotine. Yeah, and then you might think, well, maybe he was jittery. Maybe that was. You watch his last fight in uh, uh, Cage Titans FC. It, the, the first 15 seconds is literally the exact same thing. He marches across the cage. He gets caught in a tie clinch. The only thing <coughs> is the opponent doesn't submit him, and he he wins a war eventually. This is like – this reminds me of – and and forgive the uh, forgive the reference, but this is strictly for the right reasons. It just reminds me of like a Derek Minner type where a, a, a style that really wins on the regional scene where it's like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go out here and be really, really chaotic – and you're not going to be able to handle it. But when you got you get um, higher and higher competition, obviously guys can't handle it. And I and I think Jenkins is there. I, I think first of all, I think he's really strong for the division. I think that's going to play because I think Shane is, is going to try to do almost nothing but take him down. Um, I think he's good at keeping distance. He's got great leg kicks, and you know Shane eats a lot of punches. Um, I think Shanice gets knocked out of here. I'm not going to shy away from paying that 9,300. Uh, I think it. I think it comes in. I think Shanice. I mean, can he? Can he sort of get his game going? I guess, but he's he's just so wild. You would never trust him outside of GPP. And for me, even then, it would only be you know a small percentage. I, I just don't like this the, the, the quad A style. Um, so I'm going with uh, Jenkins here pretty heavily. Joe, we got. Yeah, Chris pretty much said it all. I mean, you know, he's the he's the Aussie prospect, twenty nine years old, seven fight win streak. Um, you know, it looks like he could probably win it with wrestling as well um, if he doesn't get a knockout, which is maybe something we want to see if we're playing him in DraftKings. Um, Ninety three hundred is a little rich, but there are ways you could get him in, especially if you um, are stacking. Um, you know, so there's certain you can certainly get him in. I, I do think that this is a fight that uh, the UFC wants Jenkins to win. You know, Sheamus is a lower level opponent that they are flying out to Australia 
um, you know, to face a, a prospect with a seven fight win streak. Um, I'll take I'll take Jenkins. I, I think he's a good play in in GPPs, um, maybe even cash. I don't know. Um, I'd have to look at how, how the builds work, but I like Jenkins. Agreed. Let's uh, let's move on here. We'll talk about Jamie Malaki, eighty seven hundred, taking on uh, Francisco Francisco Prado, seventy five hundred. I couldn't remember his first name, so clearly you know who I'm picking on this one. Giving him the Dana White treatment here. Um, Jamie Malarkey is a minus two seventy five favorite. Prado plus two thirty. Fight doesn't go to decision minus two twenty five. Yama Malarkey here, pretty much kind of however he wants to get it done. Um, Prado's probably one of my least favorite dogs on the card. Joe, who you got? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because Prado and and one of uh, our good friends, Sean, is giving some love to Prado. Um, you know, he he is known for, um, you know, missing some fabric from the uh, upper arm area of his shirts. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm also hearing um, some other love for... That was uh, funny. Yeah, I'm also hearing some other love for Prado, and I honestly don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, you're on the same page because yeah, the, the Argentinian, the Argentinian scene. I mean, come on, guys. Like, wow. Um, yeah, his record is good. Um, okay, you know, he's got uh, he. But you know, it's interesting because watch some of his fights. Like, if you watch some of his fights, like, it's not like he's like cruising in round one all the time. Like, you know, he's he's facing some adversity. When in you're some getting of his into fights. wars on the Argentinian regional scene and then you go fight jamie malarkey yeah and, and, and you know like reservations like you know he, he got like a third round finish against the guy that was you know 22 and 16 they don't even give his date of birth but the guy looks looks like he's in his like late 50s um you know but like so i, I don't <laughs> you, you you mentioned just the topology stuff it just i had to show my wife travis fulton just last week and she oh, was yeah. like why would you do that <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, so I, I don't, I don't have a lot of love for Prado. I mean, I, 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 there's a, there's a lot, there is a surprising number of people who are searching for dogs that are, are looking at him as a potential dog. I personally don't see it. Um, Malarkey is not James Tahuna. Um, he's fought a much better schedule and he's had some really good wins. Um, and you know, he's, he's not priced that badly at, at uh, 8.7K, yes, he's been, you know, he sometimes gets knocked down. But he has won three out of his last four fights. And, and look at the guy who beat him, Jalen Turner. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, I'm, no loss is a good loss. But, I mean, you know, he 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 knocked out Worthy Smith and won a decision against Johnson. Um, so, I, you know, his the competition's been better. I like what I see. He's a tough kid. Um, I think he's going to light up. Prado. Prado's going to be exposed. Um, the Argentinian regional scene, um, he's not going to be doing them proud. So give me Malarkey. And if you're looking for a dog at that price range, there are others on here that have a more legitimate chance to win. I would agree with you. Chris, yeah. who you got? Just pay. I mean, if, you, if you're looking for puns, I mean, as much as I talked him down, and I think we all agree, I mean, Shane is in your GBPs. I mean, because he, he's going to make everything crazy. So, you know, that's the guy that got it. I'd play Brenner for cheaper because they can play an extra 9K guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, but no, I no watch Prado go out and flatline Malarkey. Guys, guys, I'd play, I'd play Randy Brown over over either of those guys. Sure. Well, but that's, you know. We can get there. Uh, I'm, that's 7K I'm right there. I'm slowly coming around to that train of thought. Yeah. At the beginning of the week, I was very much against it. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I um, who are we talking? Who are we talking about? You're talking. You're talking Prado. about Prado. Prado okay. versus uh, Prado, Prado versus Jamie Malarkey. Malarkey yeah. yeah, bunch of Malarkey. That's right. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I, I like Jamie Malarkey a lot. I think he's he's tough. He's durable. He's you know mixes uh, his targets well. He wrestles, and Prado just doesn't do much of anything. Um, he's a sloppy striker. He's another guy who tries to wait in and look for takedowns. I don't think he's a better grappler than Malarkey either. And, um, you know, this, this can be the kind of style to beat him because you do want a guy who, who can just sort of hustle and kind of maybe wear him down, which is kind of what Jalen Turner did, although the, the length and size helps too. But, um, yeah. I, 
Size I, always another guy's well, you know, let's not let's not. It's go always crazy. good to have length and size, Chris. But uh, in in life as well as fighting. Well, uh, uh, moving on, I think that. Uh, Why are we moving on? Come uh, on, child. You're right. You're right. Let's, let's stay here. What, what are your other? What are your other? Um, I think Malarkey is going to run over him. Uh, this is another one of those uh, where, I, unfortunately, I feel like there's a lot of these on the card with these debutants that. Um, just don't really belong here, and I think he's one of them. So uh, pick is very heavy malarkey, and I think I think we do well get him in the eight thousand dollar range here. I think that's kind of a steal. So, Agreed. Malarkey. Moving on, talking about I think so. You guys were talking about Loma as being one of the sneakier plays, depending on how ownership plays out. I think my man Clayton Rodriguez could be one of the sneakier plays. I, I, I haven't listened to other people's thoughts yet, but. I feel like with all the big names, people aren't going to be on him. He's 8,800. He's taking on Shannon Ross at 7,400. Rodriguez is minus 320. Ross is plus 265. Fight doesn't go to decision. decision minus 150. Uh, Clayton did miss weight today. It was the one-pound uh, weight miss that, that Joe does not like. But I, I kind of see him winning this fight wherever it goes. And because of his performance last time out, I think people are going to be sleeping on him in a little bit. I, I, I like Clayton quite a bit in this spot. Uh, who's first? I think it's Chris. Yeah, no, um, I, I am in total agreement. I think Clayton. Uh, Chris, I, got, I got a hedge off. Shit. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's a good-looking prospect. I think. Yeah, you know, I think I think CJ Vergara is underrated. I think uh, he's not great, but he's a very professional, like lunch pal fighter. Like he's got a game plan. He knows what he wants to go in there and do. Um, and he, that that just kind of stifles like. Clayton Rodriguez, he's not he's not as fully formed as that, but he's incredibly athletic. He's incredibly powerful. He uh, he can do a lot of good things in the in the cage. We saw that. I, what, what was it? Was it, was it like a sort of shape <coughs> or uh, or uh, something for Vergara where he basically just jumped and reversed the position? So he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, he hits really hard, and. Um, you know, the opponent here just gets hit way too much on his contender series fight. The first thing that he does is he gets, like, clocked with his windmill of a right hand. Somehow survives that, so good on him. But then gets marched down in the second round and gets finished. Um, I think that Klitson is just going to be too much here. I don't think that uh, a lot of big green fighters can do <laughs> that CJ Vergara where they have, like, really controlled aggression throughout the course of the fight and 15 minutes, anything you hit me with, I'm just going to keep coming. I don't think that any, any debutante who's coming out of a regional is going to be able to do that. So um, I think Clinton um, gets a knockout here. actually recommended that for a play as a bet. Um, I like it a ton. I'm going to have a ton of it. And if he loses, I'm going to be very sad. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Clinton all the way for me. Joe, who you got? Yeah, so, I mean, I love this guy's nickname. I mean, Turkish Delight. Um, yeah, what's really interesting is if you look at this guy's record on Tapology, um, and you go back, and first of all, there's just a ton of canceled bouts. Um, and then he lost to punches as a minus 240 favorite on Dana White's Contender Series, right? He's got a win by decision against Donovan Freelo, um, right, who's 6-5 and five and 38 years old. Um, great win there, guy. Um, but then here's what's really interesting. So I don't know why this guy is not having the fight. He actually lost to Ashkan Mokhtarian, um, which you, you don't let people bet on on fighters who lost to Ashkan Mokhtarian. But what's really interesting is his fight against Steve Ursig. Steve Ursig, also known as Astro Boy. Um, rear naked choke, first round loss. Um, this is the guy that probably should be in this fight, right? Eight and one, Astro Boy. Um, I don't even know how this guy coming off of a loss like that is a minus 240 favorite. I, I don't understand the optics or the narrative on why you fly this guy, um, you know, on why this guy is, is getting this fight, the Turkish delight. I don't I don't understand it at all. I guess he's Australian. Uh, the Turkish delight. The Turkish delight. I love it. Um, but he's 33 years old. I mean, you know, so he's he's kind of, you know, got a late start in an upper level MMA and he's lost to better guys who are younger who are also in Australia. So why didn't they get the fight? So I'm with you. I don't like the idea and of the Brazilian traveling all that way. 
to come to Australia, but he's from Team McGarry. I, I assume he's going to have a good corner. Is um is uh, Chucky in his corner? Do not know. Okay, so I, I like him. I mean, you know, I, I like him. I like the Brazilian. I don't think he's going to be highly owned because there's just a lot of other fighters on the. That's radar. what I really like. I really yeah. like the leverage I can get here. Yeah, so there should be some a good ownership play here. Um, I have to honestly, I have to look at this a little more because I looked at this fight. I'm like, eh, you know, and then. You know, first of all, it's a flyweight fight, right? Um, so it's a flyweight fight. And, and okay, now this guy missed by one pound, which you're right. I absolutely hate. I mean, I want the guys who miss by like a lot. I don't want the guy who misses by one pound because that probably means he tried, um, you know, which is not good um, at flyweight, especially. Um, okay, so yeah, Rodriguez. All right, let's move on to Josh Kulabau, 8,200, taking on Melsic um, he's at 8,000 line on this fight. Kulabau is currently at dramatic pause. It's pick him now, depending on the book you're at minus 110 a piece. Fight goes to decision minus 150. Um, so it's a fight you want to have an end and a finish. You can get some GPP leverage, and of course, we're not really looking there. Um, I do think. The striking of Bagdasarian is going to play out to his advantage. I'm a little worried about you know the home home crowd advantage and all that, but I, I just think Melsic's going to take over striking wise. I I think Kulabau is going to have to grapple, and I, I don't think he'll be able to get down Melsic, but that'll be the difference in this fight. This is a fight cash games. I don't have a big enough lean to play either one of them. And in GPPs, I'll probably just mix in a little of both sides. Probably more on the Melsic side because he's cheaper and that is my pick and it's kind of that simple sometimes don't don't overthink it uh this one is joe yeah so i'm gonna go with melsic here and i have to give uh some props some shout out a shout out to brandon who does the um does the podcast with uh santo defranco you know he he called he called melsic one of the la um cologne wearing bmw driving armenians um you know uh, that trains out of la uh, apparently, there's this whole camp of them in Glendale or North Hollywood, wherever they train. Um, and I really do think that he's going to have a class advantage in this fight. I really do think that. Um, I like him quite a bit here. And, I, and not this is another fighter that I think is going to actually be under the radar. And you said it. This is a pick em fight. We're getting a little bit of line value here, right? We're getting a Melsic at 8K, and you're paying up to 8-2 for, for Kulabau. And I think, part, I think part of that is because, you know, Kulabau's the local fighter. Um, but you know, give me the cologne wearing BMW driving, you know, Armenian here. Um, he scored what 80, 61 points in his last fight, which was not a good luck, but it was a win, right? And then he KO'd Anglin, put up 101 points at 8.6k. I mean, you're getting him $600 cheaper than he's been. I don't know that Kulabal is that much better than either of these guys that he's beat. Um, so I kind of like him here to put on a good performance. He's seven and one um, at eight at eight K. I, I like him in cash. I like him in GPPs to maybe sneakily get a finish. And I don't know how highly owned he's going to be, except for the fact that you know now people are seeing what we're seeing with line value, right? You're getting line value. So it's not um, a ton of it though. It's not yeah. a lot. No, it's a little bit. So like I said, I don't know what kind of cologne he wears um, or what series BMW he drives, but I'm going to give him. A play here. I'm going to take the line value. I like them. Cash GPPs. I am. I'm woefully behind on builds, um, so I don't really know what percentages I'm going to have here. But and you got a birthday party. That's not great. I got to go to a birthday. Well, I'm going to have pretty much all day tomorrow to do nothing but like build lineups in my room. So I'll do that. And and also, by the way, I'm living the dream. I've had two shots of cortisone, um, and that is one of the greatest things. If you guys have issues with knees or shoulders or backs or cortisone is like is like god's gift to um pain relief um so i'm actually feeling pretty good um with my cortisone shots i got band-aids on each knee but um that's pretty cool yeah so g- give me melsic here chris you got so i think most of what joe said you can copy and paste for whoever you're picking that's how close the uh the line is but i'm you know before before I, I like watch tape for this when I just saw their names. I was gonna pick Melzik, and then I went back and watched Kula. Kula looked really good, and it's in that Sung Woo Choi fight. Uh, Choi is a sloppier striker than Melzik is, but 
just as dangerous, uh, maybe more dangerous. And, and he was very evasive, didn't really get hit clean a lot, got through all of those war exchanges, won most of them, knocked yeah. him down twice, got a very clear decision. Um, I think his boxing has come miles and miles since when we first saw him. And Meslik, for as good as he is, he's still that karate guy who comes in there with his hands down. That means he still gets hit. Yep. Um, and cool about it's hard. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, like Joe said, he had that uh, Melslick that is had the, the kind of a dud performance, did knock out um, Anglin, but Anglin was just sort of a, 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 a nothing grappler who kind of, as soon as he couldn't get the takedown, he was out of answers. I think Kulabau is going to be, um, that's going to be his secondary, and, and the boxing is going to come first. And um, I think he's going to lose that exchange. I think it's, it's the grappling I'm actually worried about. Like, it's not... I think Kulabau could have some could have some success wrestling. Could he? He could. Um, I actually, if he does, I mean that's gravy for me. I just, I mean, could he? Look, is is he the better striker overall? Probably not, because Melsic is is the better kickboxer. But I think he's he's better defensively, and I think that's going to help in these exchanges. Um, and I think I, I Melsic is probably when you talk about who's going to be higher on. Like the, he was the guy with fanfare. He was the guy they were all talking up when, uh, when, and when that English fight happened because he was so explosive and yada yada yada. Kulabau, I mean, just came through with that that interesting, entertaining fight. So I think if I think if you're gonna ask me ownership, although I mean a t-shirt bet to Sean says that I don't really maybe know this as well, but I think that Kulabau is gonna be the lesser owned here, and uh, I'm gonna be on it because I think I saw real improvements in that. No, choice. I. I I agree. Cool about will be less around. Okay. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. I'm, I'm learning. I am learning. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, I think, I think cool about really showed us something against a dangerous opponent last time. And uh, I think he gets it done here too. I don't hate it, dude. I think you should have some shares. I agree. GPP. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't despise it either. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one. All right. And we are the send off fight to the main card. So it's our prelim headliner, Tyson Pedro, 8,900. Take on the return of Modestus Baukowskis. My man was in the UFC, had a brutal stretch. And brutal because my man's stepping in there. Again. Okay. He got his debut win against um, Andreas Michalides. Right? Okay. Got it. And then they feed him to Jimmy Crute. And then Mikhail Olegzeshuk. And then Khalil Roundtree Jr. And Khalil, when Khalil shows up, Khalil's dangerous. I think Khalil's still underrated. Those three guys. So he gets cut, says I'll come back, has a nasty injury um, in the Roundtree fight. Gets cut, comes back, you know, is back. He, was, he regained the Cage Warriors title on the regional scene. And then he gets, he's right back to Tyson Pedro, another ranked guy. Like I know Tyson Pedro is, people like like to hate on him and, and there's clearly some issues there. Um the problem is I don't I don't really think Modestus is the guy who's gonna Dude, Tyson Pedro has got naked photos of someone very close to Mick Maynard. Yeah, Tyson Pedro. Because those those like, these last these last these the last three fights, this one included, like he's got I he's not even getting an iota of of step up in competition yeah. here. Like he's he's gotta be holding naked photos of something. Ike Villanueva, Henry Hunsucker. Yeah. Before that his other wins, you know, Safarov, Craig, twenty sixteen Khalil. Look, it's I got knocked out by by Hua. By, yeah, he did. 2018. 2018. Yeah, and then took some time off. I think Tyson Pedro wins. I do think Tyson Pedro wins. I'll, I've seen a lot of love for Bukowskis. As really? The by who? By who? As, I mean, as he like the value play, notice, too? As isn't he taking play, this on short notice? Yes, from a bunch of people who are not so much as picking him straight, but of like of all the dumpster fire we have in the 7K range, he's fighting the worst guy. Like he's he's fighting Tyson Pedro and around in that nine K range, are you gonna play Tyson Pedro? You're gonna play Crute, Malarkey, Rodriguez, Della Madalena, Jenkins, like he's just gonna go under own there. So why not play some 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 play some Bukowskis and see if Pedro shits the bet again a la Hua? Um I I, I I'm gonna have some because I, I don't hate that like if anybody in that range okay. If anybody's going to pull pull off an upset in in these this four fight bunch of Prado, Ross, Bukowskis, and Reed, it's probably Bukowskis, and then I would pick Reed. 
and then you can start talking, debating, you know, more expensive Menafield and and Emmett. But three, four hundred bucks on this slate is valuable. So I think he's an interesting secondary tournament option. I'm still on the Tyson Pedro side. Just it's a weird fight. It's a weird, weird fight. Chris, who you got? I am a little heavier on the Pedro side. I think that um, that time away was good for him. He 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 very clearly leaned out. Uh, but but to Joe's point, was it? Like he came back to Ikeville in the wave at Henry Hunsucker. Yeah, but he, he, but he yeah, yeah, right here's he came back with a, knowing how to fight, which is which was what he needed. Those those two losses, those two losses that um, he, knowing how to fight is well, a great loss. What, what I mean is he, he, he those two losses he took, especially the one to um, especially the one to who, but also to Open St. Prue. This was a guy who didn't know whether he wanted to strike or grapple. Um, if you remember the Ovin St. Proof fight, the first thing he does is try to take down Ovin St. Proof, which everybody agreed was his only chance to win. And so then he gets up. Then he was he's beating uh, Hua. Instead of going in for the kill, he tries to grapple. And then Hua ends up turning the table. Now, what did we see when he came back? We saw a guy really invested in, in the low kicks, which I love, and which is going to be really good for Bukowskis, who stands really heavy on that fight. Um mm-hmm. Bukowskis gets hit really hard. Uh, I, I, he, you know, he's agile around the cage, but he doesn't have any defense. He was getting hit. He got lit up by um, uh, by uh, Roundtree in that first round. I know uh, Pedro's not as athletic. That's fine. I still think the leg kicks are, are going to pay big dividends. Bukowskis isn't. I just don't buy that he's a finisher at this level. Is he's got a BJJ black belt, right? His his wrestling isn't good enough to. I mean, he couldn't take down Pereira once he saw it. Um, I just don't know where he wins. I don't know what his sustained offense looks like, and I don't like it whatsoever. So I'm taking I'm taking uh, Tyson Pedro here. I think he knocks him out, and um, that's another play that I have recommended. Mm. I think if I if I, that's right, yeah no if I get listen if I get scarcity on Pedro because people. Thing. And look, I think your concerns are legitimate to where, you know, he hasn't fought legitimate competition, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Bukaskis, I would say, hasn't beaten any legitimate competition either. However, um, that, that when you talked about against Michaelidis, uh really so there was cage door more than anything else. So, um, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm taking, um, taking Tyson Pedro here, and I think this might be a leverage spot because I think Pedro – is coming in here to get uh, his work done early. Joe? Yeah, so we spend far too much time on a one-sided fight. So I'm going to say Pedro, <laughs> and let's move on to the next Maybe. fight here. All right, let's talk about the main card. Remember, before the main card, I have to tell you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all the premium content. No credit card required. And as much as I love Jake and our editor and all the guys at Rotowire, more importantly, go to Rotowire MMA on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like this video, Subscribe to Rotowire MMA wherever you're listening or watching this podcast. That's number one. Number two, then go to the Rotowire site and check them out. I'm going to be selfish for a second. Um, what if I get an email about that? That'll be fun. It'll be a fun comment. More to come. Um, let's start off the main card. Jimmy Crew, 8,600, taking on Alonzo Menafield at 7,600. Line on this fight. Crew, minus 180. Menafield, plus 155. Fight doesn't go to decision. Minus 500. It's the GPP special. Give me Crude via submission. Just watch out for the Metafield bombs. A little worried about Crude's recent lack of durability, but I'm going to stay behind him here. You can play Metafield and GPPs, obviously. Uh, Joe, you're first. Yeah, so, yeah, this is definitely a GPP fight, right? I mean, Crude has not had a fight in the UFC that has not ended by finish. Um Menafield's coming off of two KO wins um, against uh, Serkinov, who's got a pillow chin. Um, put up 103 points and 123 points against Mazarov. Um, you know he's outside of his fight against outside of his fight against Saint Prue. His floor has actually been pretty solid. Um, you know I am taking Menafield here. Um, I'm, you know, I have, do have the same concerns about Kroot with his chin. I don't know. Now the one bogey here is if Kroot decides to wrestle, um, he's going to. and 
Uh, he gets men to feel tired. I could see how that might be a problem, but I love the 7.6 salary. I definitely think this is a GPP fight. So I'm not saying don't have any shares accrued, but like at 7.6 K, a guy coming off of two knockouts um, against a guy coming off of being knocked out two times, you know, give me the seven, give me the 7.6 K. I mean, I, I, you know, like, okay, yeah, hell, I get it. Great fighter. But like Crew lasted what, like 14 seconds? Um, or actually it's zero sec. I, I don't even know how, how long he lasted. He put up two points um, in that fight. Two. Yes, that's right. One, two. Um, and he was uh, 9.2K uh, in that fight. And that was in, uh, that was 12-4. That was over a year ago. Um, you know, so I am taking Menafield here. I like him to get the win by finish, obviously. Um, have some shares of Crute, but um, give me Menafield. Chris? Yeah, it can't be a bad play because we know that we know that crew can get knocked out. We know that Menafield is fast and powerful. I think Jimmy Crew wrestles here. Interesting stat: he has never lost a fight, in which he's landed one takedown, with the exception of the Anthony Smith fight, and that was a leg. His leg went out, and so that's kind of you can say Smith contributed to that, but I, I would say it's more of a freaky kind of thing. But um, my problem is Menafield is just too too wild. Like, yeah, he can he can land a bomb against Serkinov because anybody can do that. Um, Jimmy Cruz is actually going to be in there with competent boxing, and I mean, and that's why I wouldn't compare it to Jamal Hill because you know not only is he long, but he's a really good counterpuncher, and uh, so you know I wouldn't put that in 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 a, in, a, in a league here uh, so much because I, I do think Menafield just kind of throws from the hip. Um, which has made it fights a lot closer that really shouldn't have been. But I do think that Crude has more ways to win. And if he gets him to the ground, I really, I, I really don't see it going any other way. Um, again, you need you need some men afield. Uh, uh, this is a GPP fight for certain, but I think Crude uh, gets it done uh, with the groundwork. Moving on, we're going to talk about. Justin Toff at 8,400, taking on Parker Porter at 7,800. Line on this fight as of right this moment. Toff is minus 130, Porter plus 110. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 200. Porter's going to be one of the most popular underdogs in the card, which is bananas to me because I look at him and I, I just don't understand how he wins. I know we, everybody likes to hate on Justin Toff. I'm on the Toff side here. This is probably my leverage spot on the card. I'll be underweight to Porter, overweight to Toffa. And I, I, Porter's going to be chalky, which is just, just stupid to me. Uh, Chris, who you got? I well, never thought I'd say these words, but uh, I'm eating uh, por uh, Parker Porter Porter Parker chalk. Either way, you say his name. You know, you know how gross that is that you just said that. I, I'm eating. I mean, I'm, e I'm eating the, the Parker brand chalk. I yeah. think, um, you know. I Justin Taffa is look. I'm not. I'm not against the guy. I, I he when he was I way too big of an underdog against Juan Adams. I picked him to knock out Juan Adams, and he knocked out Juan Adams. So I love him for that. But my problem is he just waits too too much, especially against an aggressive opponent. He can just get sunk at sea, and that's what happened in that Carlos Felipe fight. And and um, you know. Look, uh, Parker Porter uh, is a is a lunch bell fighter. Six point four, six point five strikes landed per minute. You're dropping uh, a lot of lunch pail references today. You hungry? A lot of, a lot of lunch. Well, I am. I'm, I am sucking on uh, Ricola mints, but uh, that's 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 all I got. But um, no, and also he can wrestle, uh, which is part of his game that we've seen recently. Pop has only had to defend one takedown in the UFC. He did it. Um, but that doesn't really give us a sample size. No, I, don't. I did it once, mom. I did and it. And he's only got seven total fights. So I wonder how many times outside the UFC he's had to defend a takedown. Probably close to zero would be my guess. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I just can't trust that, uh, that if Parker starts to get out ahead, that Toff is the kind of guy that comes back in a fight. I think he's a guy to, I think Justin Toff is the kind of fighter who needs to ride momentum and put on a show. I don't think he's the kind of guy who finds it in him to come back. But I do think 
he's tough enough to hang around and not get finished, which is why Parker Porter by Stubb, I, I, Porter, Double P, I don't know which name comes first. But um, I'm not by Stubb, I'm sorry. By uh, Decision plus 340, uh, which I think is a little nuts. Uh, I think that's the way to play Porter if you are betting. I do think he's a decent chalk play. He can, I think he gets you with 83 and 85 in his sleep if he wins this fight. Um, could go a little higher even. So, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Parker because I think Tafa is KO or bust, and I think the KO part is 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 very much not a certainty. So I'm going Parker Porter. Wow, that was a long breakdown for middling heavyweights. Um, I Tafa looks in shape, but I'll go with Porter as well. I will also have seated the majority of the time that I was going to talk about this fight to Chris so we could actually move on to the next fight. So give me Porter. <laughs> Chris, Chris has is, got is no regard for we try to do an hour show. You just got you just got no regard for it. I'm I'm just giving the audience what they want, which is which is uh neat. Uh huh. Man, I feel like I want to tell him, but I'm gonna move on instead. Jack Della Maddalena, ninety two hundred, taking on Randy Brown at seven thousand. Line on this fight. Jack Della Maddalena minus three hundred, Randy Brown plus two fifty. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 200. This is the step up Jack Della Maddalena deserved. Interesting fight, big favorite. <coughs> uh, I started this week all in on Della Maddalena, and I've come back to earth a little bit. I'm still picking him, but I'm now willing to mix in Randy Brown and GPPs, and I do see the, the big step up, the big price tag to pay off. Just He looks so good. Randy Brown is hittable, even with his length. I'm still picking Della Maddalena, but that kind of that explosiveness and – Randy, I want I need to see Delamadelina defend somebody shooting takedowns at this level, and that's what's kind of gotten me like, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I probably shouldn't assume if Randy Brown gets a takedown, you know, and, and gives Delamadelina that. I mean, Randy Brown giving a vet lesson is not exactly the right words, but but you get what I say that the octagon learning experience it wouldn't stun me. So I am still on the Delamadelina side because of the, te the technical and the power on the feet. Just I'm more hesitant than I was. Uh, Joe, you're up. Yeah, so Randy Brown in his last four fights, 9.3K, 7.9K, 8.8K, 8.7K. So now we have him at 7K flat, right? Um, look, I, I like what I've seen um, from Madalena. Um, this is the type of step-up fight that Pedro should have gotten. Like, obviously different weight class, but like equivocal type of step-up like that Pedro should have gotten. So at least... You know, I don't even think it had to be this big of a step-up. Yeah, this is, this, this is a step-up fight, right? Um you know, Randy Brown um, has not traditionally been a super high scorer. Um, you know, his last three, he's, he's on a four-fight winning streak. Three of those last four, I mean, he didn't break 80 points. Um, but at seven point at 7K, do we really care, right? I think we would we would take 80 points at 7K. And, you know, at, um, you know Cowboy Oliveri put up 110 points. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Brown has a shot here. I, I really want to see how this plays out. The narrative all favors um, Della, um, you know, Randy Brown flying to Australia. Um, but you're right. This is a veteran fight. And if Madalena, if Madalena can finish him, um, then that would really bode well for him. I'm going to have shares of both sides of this. I think uh, as a GPP dog, I like Randy Brown. Um, I'll pick. I think I picked Randy Brown in my Rotowire picks earlier in the week. So I guess I'll stay hey, with that. Yeah, I know. I think I picked both Menafield and Randy Brown. Um, <clears throat> so I'll stick with that because it would be disingenuous. <laughs> if I change that. Jeez, both of you guys hit the mute button. Holy know, God, I, both I, of you. I should have. Like um, but I, will, um, shit. I, I like, I like Medellin a lot. I'm going to have a lot of shares of him. Um, so I would, you know, again, I picked, I picked Randy Brown earlier in the week. I'll stay with that pick. But um, I, I think Madalena is, is, a solid play here um, at his price point. Um, you know, he's, he's probably going to win by finish if he wins and he's probably going to score. Well, Chris, you got, I don't like how Randy Brown got stuck so much against the cage against Luke. I think um, that means that Madalena can walk him down. And if Madalena walks him down, uh, tall man defense is not going to be his friend. You talk about the wrestling, uh, 33% takedown accuracy rate. Uh, so, I would I would argue the only argument to that is that he's definitely improved throughout his career because when he first started they were they were gross takedowns and he's gotten better but I, I yeah. point taken. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think that um, Brown, like I could see Brown having success early, trying to fight long behind a jab and use some leg kicks. I think eventually he's going to get swallowed up. Um, I think I think he gets finished, which is hard to say because I think Luke is the only guy who's ever done it. But I think it's going to be two, and I think Madalena is going to be the second one. So my pick is Della Madalena to keep it rolling. Let's move on. Next fight up. We're up to the co-main event. Yair Rodriguez, 8,500. Josh Emmett, 7,700. Line on this fight. Uh, Yair, minus 175. Emmett, plus 150. Fight does not, Fight goes to decision. So going to the scorecards is minus 135. So about 50-50. You know, a little lean towards getting there. Um, I've been pretty chalky the whole day, you guys may have noticed. This is this is the dog I like. I like Josh Emmett here. Um Look, Rodriguez could totally win this fight, but Josh Emmett, I think, has got more ability to get takedowns if anybody's going to do it. And really, but really, what so that's part of it. But really, what it comes down to is over five rounds, to me, Yair Rodriguez is too damn hittable. He's just, and he's going to, I think he's going to get caught and clipped. I'm picking Emmett via third round knockout. But if Rodriguez does find his P's and Q's, stays more defensively responsible, I do think he'll pick up a decision as long as he can stop takedowns. But with multiple paths to victory being the grappling and the knockout and the lack of defense that I've seen from Yair, from Yair uh, it, it's enough for me to take Emmett in this dog spot. Chris, who you got? Uh, yeah, but not enough. Like, I I agree that um, Emmett, like, I love Josh Emmett because he's got so much power for this division. It's insane. I love, I love counting his knockouts. At one point, he had something like 11 knockouts in his previous eight fights. Don't think he got one in his last fight, or did he? The one that he that he uh, squeaked by. That's but, Calvin Cater, uh, though. No one knocks out yeah, Calvin Cater. That's true. But um, in any event, like, um, so I agree with that. I also agree that yeah, you get hit too much. One thing I would say, and I know you, you only brought it up as a minor point, so it's not like a big refutation. But um, Emmett just doesn't wrestle. Um, the only fight that he Interestingly, the only fight where he's got more than one was where he had eight against uh, uh, Scott Holtzman. That was in 2016. So it's been a long time since he committed to a wrestling game. The other thing is, um, it, it's not even. It does not even going to matter if he's too hittable because um, Emmett's hittable also, and uh, yeah, you can put together a ton of offense. He he was winning the first two rounds against Max Holloway. Um, he's just the, the the kicks are too quick. Um, the uh, the arsenal there's it's too varied, and he's got power. And you know, kickbox the boxer, the old adage. Um, Emmett just doesn't have enough tools. Like he's powerful, he's athletic, he can leap in with hooks. After that, uh, Yair has it. And again, if I could if I could trust Emmett to commit to a wrestling game, it would be different. But I can't. So. I have to take Yair here. I like him quite a bit. Um, I think I think he's going to throw a, a ton of strikes. I think a lot of them are going to land. And I think um, if anyone's in danger, well, I don't want to say if anyone. It's not, that I can't, not like I can't do it. But I think actually Yair uh, would be the more favorite one to get stoppage, in my opinion. So my pick is Yair Rodriguez. So who you got? Yeah, so I'm on Emmett here. I like Emmett quite a bit. Uh, truth be told, I have an, a large open-ended parlay with uh, Emmett and Islam. I've never been a year guy. I think he's too much of a prima donna. Um, I just don't like him as a fighter. Um, I think he sometimes tries to get by on flash. Um, now, the one concern I do have is there is a lot of narrative floating around that Emmett may be hurt. Um, I've heard all different types of potential injuries from hip to, you know, which would concern me um, if he was truly hurt. Now at his age, I can see him taking the fight because for the payday, um, so if he's hurt, that would really be bad for me. But if he's not hurt, if he's in just top-notch shape and he's in fight shape, um, I like him quite a bit. I like him to to school. Um, yeah, Rodriguez in this fight. Um, again, I would like I would like to see him use his wrestling. I, I do agree that he's kind of felt fallen in love with his power um, for good reason. He's knocked a lot of guys down and, and out. Um, but I'd like to I'd love to see him kind of just take take care down at will, which I think he could do quite easily. Um, I like the line value. Um, I love Frankie Edgar. Just get on yeah, top of Frankie me. Frankie Edgar, yeah, I like him. Um, 
Yeah, it's actually creeped up a bit when I bet it when I put him in my parlay, my open-ended parlay, which is quite a nice parlay. It's like a an 18, 19 to 1 parlay. When I put him in my parlay, he was plus 140. Um, so I actually left a little bit of money on the table there. Um, but it was with fighters from the last slate. So I like uh, I like Emmett here. Give me Emmett. I'll have a few shares a year, but I love the price. Um, I like the upside. Give me Emmett. All right, let's move on to the main event. Islam Makashev, 9,500. Alexander Volkanovsky, 6,700. Light on this fight. Islam, minus 380. Volkanovsky, plus 310. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 175. Look, I think size is going to be too much here. Size does matter. Taking Islam. Um, I think Volk's a great fighter, and maybe he'll have a game plan to kind of surprise me, but... I just think Islam's going to over, overwhelm him in, in the long run, and either either going to be a dominant decision or a finish some sometime in the middle of the fight. Uh, I just going to be too much. Now, granted, if if Volkanovski does pull this off, for me, right up there with goat status. Like like if he pulls this off, it's hard not to call him the greatest of all time. It's really really hard. You can have the conversation still in front a walk away. But, man, I think he's the front runner. Um, I don't think he's going to get it done. I am picking Islam. I'll be rooting unless I have a sweat, which I'll have more Islam than Volk. Um, unless I have a sweat, I'll be rooting for, for Volkanovski aggressively. Uh, Joe, please. Yeah, got? so I'm on Islam as well, right? <laughs> um, everything you said, I mean, I, I want to see Volkanovski hang around for a while. Um, just because I, I do like this as a potential stack. I very, very infrequently stack in cash, um, but I see this as quasi-viable um, as a stack. I like this as a better stack than Yair Emmett. Um, but if, if he can hang around for a while, he's a high-volume striker. Um, I really would like to see him test Islam. I mean, you know, having a quick, like, first-round, you know, finish by Islam, you know, that would kind of be boring and dull. Um, but... I do like Islam here. Uh, everything you said about the size is correct. Um, he should be able to work his wrestling. Um, you know, it's just how long can Volkanovsky hang on? That's the key. And will we see Islam ever get tired? Um, you know, Islam had, you know, had that one point in time when he was flash KO'd, you know, what, nine years ago, eight years ago. Um, you know, so he's not impervious. Um, you know, he's not an undefeated fighter. So I'm sure if anyone, you know, Volkanovski does not typically have one punch knockout power. He's more of a volume striker. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see this fight be really competitive. And I'm kind of with you, Sean, unless I have a sweat going and I really need Islam, um, you know, to win, I'll, I'll certainly be rooting for Volkanovski. Chris, bring us home. Yeah, the more I thought about this fight, the more, like, I kind of think Makachev just runs away with it. It's because uh, you guys mentioned the size. And the, the other thing, too, is like, you know, he gets taken down. And when he gets taken down, I think he, I think his whole goal is like, I'm just going to outscramble Islam Akachev. And like, I think I think probably what's going to happen is he's going to get taken down. He's going to try to move too quickly. And Islam is just going to snatch up uh, like a dominant position. Like like you said, the size does matter. It, it's it's really apparent here. Like having said that, for, for DraftKings, it's it's basically an objective fact that if the UFC, let's say the UFC and DraftKings survives for a hundred more years, you'll never get a better fighter at a lower salary uh, than Alexander Volkanovsky. Just um, you know, pound for pound, I guess I would say. Yeah, absolutely. But um, so if you want to look at it from that perspective, but I'm mean, that's the only way I can give it to Volk because, like Joe said, Volkanovsky is not a power puncher, so he's gonna have to beat him for 25 minutes. Um, that is a tough, tough. Or game. just, just, just fifteen of them. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess, I, I guess, like, if you think um, you don't know what's gonna happen if the, if he crosses that twentieth minute, then yeah. Uh, but even then, even then, it is sort of is sort of hard sailing. So I think, um, I, I mean, I just go back to Bobby Green saying, like, he was like astonished how strong uh, Islam Makachev felt, and that's another lightweight. Now you've got, a, now you've got a featherweight coming up. Uh, I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think Volkanovski is going to be able to do half of what he thinks he's going to be able to do on the ground. So, I think Islam is probably going to walk away with it unless Volk can just pull a magic act to stay on his feet and outbox him for 25 minutes, which I don't think happened. So, my pick is Makachev. 
Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you clearly. All right, it's time for hot takes. If you guys got them in uh, chat, go ahead and drop them. At something unexpected you think will happen for UFC 284. Joe, you got you got to have some parlay. Yeah, okay. So I'm um, actually, I, you know, I, I don't have any bets in, in Texas. Unfortunately, you you cannot yet wager yet legally um, in Texas. You can play DFS, but you can't wager yet. They're a little bit behind. Um, I will come out with a hot take, um, which I think is maybe unlikely. I'm sorry, it's maybe not probable, but is also not in, unlikely. Uh, my hot take is that Australia gets shut out on the main card. Ooh. So that's my that's my hot take. <sighs> I don't think I like that one, but that is that is spicy, Chris. You got spicy. one? You got one? You got one yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I I said it earlier in the broadcast, but. If you can get if you can get Parker uh, Porter uh, by decision plus three forty anywhere near there, uh, I mean that is uh, that's his best way to win probably because he doesn't have a he doesn't have a uh, finish win in the UFC and Tafa is very tough is one thing I will say for him so plus three forty by decision, go ahead Parker Porter Porter Parker. Uh, you got any in chat before I give mine? I was trying to trying to. See, I want to get as spicy as possible. One, yeah, you guys, you guys are sleeping. I know you're in there. I can see you. Somebody type something. Tell me how cute I look. What? Anyway, uh, let's say highest score on the card. Clinton Rodriguez. There you go. I like that, and that would help me out too. So I'll root for you. You said Clayton. You said Clayton, right? No, no, I said Rodriguez. I oh. said 60 second bonus time. Oh, no worries. Shit, no good. Okay, guys, since I am running out of power here, so I'm going to oh, have we, to. We uh, gotta get out of here, guys. So get everyone what? a fair ado. All right. Well, before everybody does that, make sure you go to rotowire.com/free. Subscribe everywhere. Follow all of us on Twitter and all that great stuff. Good luck in your contest for UFC 284. We are out of here. Thanks, guys. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.